Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. Welcome into another episode of Dynasty Nerds. Obviously, I am not Rich Dotson. Normally, you hear a different voice uh, opening up the show. Unfortunately, uh, Rich did have a death uh, in his family this past week, so he will not be joining us tonight. But we do still have the super good-looking Matt O'Hara. Matt, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Garrett. How are you? And, um, you know, best to Rich and, and his family, obviously. Just want to set, set that up right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, you know, we, we tried this past week to, to give him his privacy. We didn't want to get into too many of the details and things like that. But uh, I know that hearing from him, he's been very appreciative of everyone that's reached out and, you know, offered him prayers and well wishes and all those kinds of things. So uh, we will definitely miss him, but we will do our best to fill in. Uh, we missed you guys last week as well, not getting to talk to you guys, put out the show. I, uh, we saw your tweets of, of those that, that missed the show. Some were kind of angry that might not have known what happened, uh, but uh, that is where we were, but we are back this week. And before we get into what we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to kind of go back through some of these rookies. And, and now that Matt and Rich or Matt and I have both had quite a few drafts, we pretty much have our order set of where we would take guys who's ahead of who, before we get into that, though, let's talk about our friends over at DynastyDepot.com. Dynasty Depot. Matt, tell us tell us what you've gained so far from our friends over at Dynasty Depot. I mean, obviously, you know, it's a great little site. It, it, it's almost like an eBay for Dynasty sites where you can buy and sell trades. It's, it's the, um, the FFPC leagues, so they're high-stake leagues, and they've never had one fold, which is great. I mean, that's crazy. And it all and it all boils down to the fact that you know it, hey if you want to get out of it you sell it you know what I mean so there's no reason for anything to fold so these things will just keep going and keep going and if you're into to buying buying something kind of upgrading it and flipping it say a house or something like that this is exactly what you like for dynasty as well because you can get in you can maybe make some improvements to a team you flip it for a profit and you can get out or you can do a lot of things I mean you could you could you could buy a team that's that's cheap and start in, you know, start adding and start adding and start adding. And it has maybe a lot of youth or a lot of, a, a lot of draft capital and maybe just stay in and win the prizes. Like eventually, yeah. you, you know, eventually just work it up and, and that's your thing, you know, like rebuilding, maybe you like doing that. So, so dynasty depot, they just, they have something for everybody and, and there's a lot to offer. And obviously, you know, 1499 with the, the, the code nerds, it gets yep. you a little discount and gets you, gets your foot in the door there for a little bit cheaper. So uh, Dynasty Depot, they're, they're, they're our friends. Uh, no, I'm with you. We had somebody on Twitter literally like two weeks ago. I was like, man, I wish there was a, a place. I kid you not. This is a true story. I wish there was a place where I could just draft teams and sell them to other people because I'm so good at drafting, but I just don't want to deal with managing all of these teams. Yeah. And I was like, uh, actually, we got, we got a that's exactly what this is. <laughs> yeah. So that's great, man. Dynasty Depot, you, whoever that is, go hit them up quick. I did. I'd let them know. I let them know about the promo code nerds only 1499 FFPC uh, get in it while you can. So Matt, let's go over to our rankings now. Yep. And you and I had, we had some debate over our rankings pre-draft. I'm sure we'll still have a little bit of, of debate post-draft, but the one thing that we saw eye to eye very clearly was that Javante Williams 
was the number one overall prospect in one QB leagues for us. And obviously that also makes him the number one overall running back. I'm assuming that is still the case for you now, correct? Yeah, absolutely. It still is. Nothing, nothing has changed as far. I mean, the draft capital was still there. I mean, he was, he was a high second round draft pick and he goes to a situation in Denver where, you know, obviously the quarterback situation is unsettled and there's some competition there, but the competition it's Melvin Gordon and he's getting up there in age. And, mm-hmm. and this is his last year last year know, under, under contract. So I think for this year, you know, Javante Williams is going to be splitting carries as long as Melvin Gordon's healthy. It's going to be those two. It's going to be kind of a two headed monster type of thing. But, you know, obviously the future is just next year and, and it's going to be it's going to be his job to kind of run with it, in, in my opinion. And one of the things I, I didn't hear people talk about a ton, too, is, is Melvin Gordon did get a DUI this past offseason. Now, that was, you know, I, I believe he was like acquitted, but we know how the NFL is and sometimes they will offer up their own punishments. Sure. regardless of what, what the law chose to do or not do. You know, we saw that with Ezekiel Elliott a few years back where he had the big suspension, although he was never actually charged with anything. And so, so we don't even know how that's going to play out. So this could easily be a situation too, where all of a sudden Melvin Gordon has a two game suspension to start the year and Javante Williams gets to kind of show what he can do, but even worst case scenario, we could see this being very similar to what happened with Cam Akers last year, Jonathan Taylor last year, some of those other players where it was kind of a timeshare, a little bit of Josh Jacob or uh, um, sorry, J, uh, JK Dobbins as well, where it was a little bit of time of a timeshare to start the year, but as the year went on, the the clearly better player, the younger, better athlete got more time as the year went on. And I think that's probably what the case is going to be for Javante. So even in, even in redraft leagues, obviously this is dynasty that we focus on, but even in redraft leagues, I'm still interested because I think come playoff time, I think he's not, it's not a 50, 50 share. I think we're looking at more like he's the bell cow and then Gordon comes in to relieve him here and there. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And and a thing that we haven't mentioned in in years, and we haven't heard anything about it in years, um, are Melvin Gordon's knees. I mean, this is a guy that had microfracture knee surgery back in the day. So, yeah. I mean, we haven't heard anything about it, but I mean, that might have been an underlying issue as well as why as why they went out and drafted a guy that high in the second round. Um, Even Philip Lindsay was, was cutting into his touches last year. It's not like he was the man last year. And I, I would take Javante over obviously Melvin Gordon, but easily over Philip Lindsay as well. Yeah. And Philip Lindsay is, is out the door now also. So it, yep. it's, it's a very, it's a very clear path um, eventually for him to get mm-hmm. carries or the, the whole entire, you know, lion share of the carries. But I think, you know, to beginning the year, like to your point, I think it's going to be a little bit of a split thing to begin the year. Yep. Yep. All right. So we moved to two. I have, and we're going to go off my list and I'm going to kind of ask you if you agree or you think I'm an idiot or, okay. you know, maybe not an idiot, but it's a, it's a little off from your rankings. I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not usually that harsh on you. You're I'll, not. I'll let That's you true. Easy. Yeah. I, <laughs> I can right, thanks, disagree man. with people without being that <laughs> forceful. <laughs> well, you know, Rich isn't here. I didn't know. Maybe you'd go into like Podfather mode or something, you know, who knows? I don't, um, I don't have but, that in me. No, I'm good. You don't have it in you. Yeah, okay. No. Uh, <laughs> So I have Najee Harris at uh, two overall. It's tough because I do like the receivers in this class, but running back just drops off really quick. And I think Najee is close enough to Javante where I feel comfortable taking him second overall. Same for you, different for you. No, it's the same for me. Um, You know, Najee is, he was my second running back by the, by the time the draft rolled around. I do like the landing spot in Pittsburgh, but obviously they have some retooling on that offensive line. When you think of Pittsburgh, you think, oh, they have this awesome offensive line, but that was like 
four years ago, three, four years ago when they really did right. have a good offensive line. Now it's a, a bit of a mess and they're going to have to be retooling that kind of on the fly here. Um, you know, obviously they just lost, um, Villa, 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 I can't say his name. <laughs> Villanueva. Villa. Yes. Thank you to Baltimore. Uh, not, not too long ago as well. So that's another, yeah. another guy that went out the door from that offensive line group, but Najee, he's a, I think a very safe prospect and I think he fits well. He does, you know, obviously he's going to be catching passes out of, out of the backfield and, and he's already made comments about how there's a likeness between the Alabama offense and the offense with the Steelers um, as far as inside zone, outside zone, that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, I like the fit there with Najee. I, I am slightly worried about the offensive line in front of him, but um, we'll see how they get that figured out. Yeah, last year by Football Outsiders rated as the worst uh, running offensive line. So that that's definitely a concern. But they were actually a pretty solid passing offensive line. So you do kind of wonder if they'll lean on that uh, more so than they will the run because of that. They do they do have all of their receivers coming back, and it's a it's a pretty crowded wide receiver room. We got Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, uh, Juju Smith Schuster, and even James Washington is still there. Mm-hmm. Questions about Big Ben's arm though. Is he still going to want to sling it downfield? We didn't see that quite as much last year. So could be seeing some of the check downs to Najee. That'll give him a little bit of a boost. I am worried about his uh, overall production as, as, uh, as far as his efficiency goes. I, I do worry a little bit about that. But I just think the touches are going to be so high. I mean, we're, we're talking about Anthony McFarland, and we're talking about Kalen Balage and Benny Snell. Like, those are the guys – behind them i don't see any like even the combination of those guys i would be shocked to see them get 25 percent of the touches uh even all three of them combined so i think he's one of the safest running backs not even just of the rookies but of all the running backs to have a pretty high touch load yeah no absolutely and and you know the steelers to use a first round draft pick when they have big time needs on the offensive line and some other spots is is telling i think they want to make some sort of commitment to the run and there isn't another guy on their roster right now with the same kind of burst and juice and just athleticism and, and just instincts that Najee Harris yep. is runs with. So um, he's easily going to be the, the bell, the bell cow back for them. Uh, I think that's what they've been looking for for years. James Conner, yeah. I think gave it to him for a year, but then he faded um, all the injuries. Kind of, yeah. All the injuries and, and all the stuff he had to overcome. I just think, he just didn't have enough juice to kind of sustain that. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why they went out and drafted Nasha Harris with the 24th pick in the first round to, to really solidify that position and, and kind of get a pounder and, and get a guy that they just leave in the game and let him go. You know, there's no mm-hmm. situation where you need to take him off the field. So it's a, it's a nice pick. And that's why he's number two right now on my list. So number three, basically three through six for me is all really, really, really close. Like you could put them all in a jar and shake them up and just roll them out like dice and whatever came up, I would probably be fine with at the moment. I have Devonta Smith at number three. Who's your number three guy. So right now I have got Kyle Pitts there and Devonta Smith uh, one spot below at number four. But like you said, I'll, I'll extend that even to seven for me and okay. like roll them up and throw them. Like I have no problem right now. If, you know, if Javante Williams went first, Najee Harris went second, you have a need at running back, go get Travis Etienne. I feel sure. fine about that. You know what I mean? They are that close to me. Um, but right now he's, he's at my seven. 
He's at my seven spot. So, um, oh, so I'm curious to see who's above him. We'll have to get to that in a second. Yeah. So go ahead. I, I have, I have Kyle, uh, I have Kyle Pitts at three Devonte Smith though, to me is a great pick at number three as well. So, uh, you know, those kind of Kyle Pitts and Devonte Smith were boom. You know what I mean? Like yeah. right up so, against each other. Go, go ahead and go through seven then, because I'm, I'm curious as to who you have in there. So, so I have Kyle Pitts at three Devonte Smith at four and then Jamar chase at five. Oh, I guess it's not as two. Four. It is six. My bad. Okay. Because I was curious. I was like, did <laughs> you put Travis Waddle Etienne. in there? Did you put no, Elijah Moore in there? And then Travis Etienne. So that's my bad. I was, I was just doing a bad job of counting. <laughs> <laughs> the accountant over here. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay. So yeah, we're, we're kind of in agreement there. So for me, it goes Devonta Smith, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts. And then I actually also have Travis Etienne at six, which kind of surprised me. Uh, before we get to, to Travis Etienne, let's talk about Smith. He did get the, uh, less draft capital. I mean, it's still top 10. So it's, it's a, it's great draft capital, but he did get drafted behind Jamar chase and behind Jalen Waddle goes to a situation with Jalen hurts, where we don't feel super confident in him as a, as a passing quarterback yet, not saying that he can't improve and get there, but it's, it's not like he's going to, you know, the chiefs. It's not like he's going to the chargers. It's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a place where we have a little bit of a question mark, is he such a good prospect that obviously you still have him above Jamar Chase? What gives you confidence to still have him over Jamar Chase? And then we'll kind of get into how Pitts fits in this in just a second. Sure. Um, so Devontae Smith, I have I'm I have just such admiration and and love for the, his, the way he plays the game. I had to keep him up. That there was he was ahead of Jamar Chase pre-draft. Yep. I think the situation there in Philadelphia honestly is going to change either uh, Hertz is going to drastically get better at passing the ball or he's not going to be there. There are reports coming out that they're not putting in a lot of RPO stuff early on. And and to me that speaks to, and there's going to be a true competition at quarterback and stuff like that. That speaks to the fact that he's Joe Flacco. I mean, obviously Flacco is not going to win that thing, but they're not going. Right. Right. I, I, I know what you're saying though. It's, it's a weird, it's an odd stubbornness and it's an odd stance to take at this point in the off season to me, something doesn't add up there. Right. Um, it is a new I, coach though. And I'm, yeah, it is a new coach. I'm not a, I'm not a huge Jalen hurts guy. I don't think he's a good enough passer of the football um, to be a starting caliber NFL quarterback long-term. I think he can be a gimmicky guy that gets it done for a year or two. But if the Eagles want to have long-term success, I think they need to go in a different direction. And that's why I have Devontae Smith there where I have him because this is this is dynasty. Two or three years from now, I think it's gonna be a different quarterback throwing him the football. And that's and that's why I kept him there. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna stick with the talent on this one. And and yeah. not that Jamar Chase isn't talented because he is very talented as well. And he's in a much better situation, a much better offense. Um, but Devontae Smith to me is just a more talented player. Yeah, I'm with you. I still have him above Jamar Chase. And for, for many of the same reasons, I, I do. I liked his tape better than I like Jamar Chase's tape. The weight does not scare me. I, people still are bringing it up. I don't know why it's still a topic of conversation. I feel like it's been talked about at nauseum, but there are some, fu- there are some funny pictures out there though. Oh. There are. Did you see the one where his like arms were like this big? Yeah. yeah funny funny. Pictures. I, I appreciate some good humor on that. I can, but, exactly. I can, I can take that. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, but overall, when, when I look at what he was able to do on the field, wins the Heisman trophy. I, I mean, fantastic, fantastic route runner burst. So physical for such a small guy. Like, yeah, 
Absolutely. There was obviously times where his, there was a little bit of a limitation on it, but no more than there would be for a normal receiver. Like he still played very physical uh, for, for his size jump ball, getting off the line. None of that was an issue. Fearless, I'm still, too. I mean, he plays fearless. And he does. Guy, that's that small. Um, you could start seeing ghosts, um, so to speak out in the secondary uh, alligator, alligator arming some stuff. I mean, some, some stuff I saw Jerry uh, saw Judy do last yeah, year. His teammate. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't have any of that in his game. And that's why I love Devontae Smith and, and have him, you know, fourth overall but you know my top rated wide receiver so we, we mentioned chase real quick and if you want to talk more about him we can uh but fantastic player as well what had you because i have pits at five um so i have him slightly behind devonta and jamar chase what catapulted you to want to have pits over those two and i'll get into why i still have him a little bit lower sure i mean i think it's some of the same reasoning why the running backs get pushed up every year. You know what I mean? There's just, there are only so many people that can perform at the certain positions at a very, very high level. And I think Kyle Pitts is one of these guys that can, so that makes him a difference maker. And in my eyes, I love Devonte Smith. I love Jamar chase. I love Jalen Waddle. Next year. There's going to be three more guys that I love. Do you know what I mean? Sure. There might not be another guy like Kyle Pitts who runs a four, four, six foot, four, 200 or six foot six, 246 pounds, a, a great jump ball type of, of guy. You can just toss it up to him. I mean, he's a very unique prospect at the tight end position and offers just a ton of upside. Will he get there? I have no idea. I mean, you know, history would probably tell you, no, um, he's probably not, but I'm willing to take that Campbell on a guy like Kyle Pitts based off of what I see on tape. And, and that's what it boils down to, you know, use your eyes. I love what I see with my eyes with this mm -hmm. guy. It's not only the measurables and the freak athletic stuff that he does. It's, it's the mismatches that he presents on the field that I really like. And I think as long as, you know, obviously Atlanta is a, is a, it's a offense that they like to use a tight end uh, quite mm -hmm. a bit. So I like the fit. I like the player. I think he's going to be a difference maker in two or three years at the position. And there are just so few difference makers at the tight end position that I had to catapult him above some guys that I, I think are really good players, but at the wide receiver position, there's two or three guys every single year that are good players. Yeah. I mentioned it before. I have zero issue at all putting him at, at three. And honestly, there's, there's a part of me that wants to put him that high as well. So I'm, I'm right there with you. The reason I haven't yet is I'm I'm a little gun shy because I, the the hype on Kyle Pitts has been so high and it's it's warranted. I mean, watching his tape, it was it was a thing of beauty to watch him play. And even in some of the clips that I've seen from you know the rookie mini camps and stuff like that, like he he runs routes like a receiver. Like the yeah. way he is able to sink his hips and get down, like it's. It's really, really impressive overall. The problem is the hype has just gotten so high with Pitts that he is going to have to, he's going to have to be a tight end, top four or five tight end, almost from day one. Maybe not quite day one, but by year two, he's going to have to be one of those, those big three, four, you know, however many there are in a given year right now kind of have three. Right. Um, but you know, that upper, that, that 
tier one. He's going to have to be one of those tier one guys right away. Or this pick just doesn't really pay off because then he, if he's not one of those guys, then he's Dallas Goddard. Then he's uh, Hunter Henry. Then he's, you know, he's in this range where it's just, there's just not much of a difference. So if you feel confident and sure that he can be that guy, then I have no problem putting him there. I'm just not sold that it's only on him either. It seems to be a lot of the product of the offense. That's part of the reason Zach Ertz was so successful for so long. It's not because he was this freak athlete. It's not because he was, you know, just breaking guys off with his, you know, incredible routes and jumping over guys and mossing them. He he just landed in a really good opportunity where he just got force fed the ball like crazy. Could that happen in Atlanta? It could, but that the only time we saw it was one year with Hooper. The rest of the time, they they haven't really force-fed the ball to the tight end, and partly that's because they had Julio, Calvin Ridley, and all these right. things. But it's also an aging offense. You know, how long is Matt Ryan going to be the quarterback? How much? Like, there's just a, there's enough questions there for me to say, am I willing to bank on this guy being truly a unicorn in every sense? Or would I rather take the path that I've seen a hundred times and, and play it a little bit safer? And I think that's where kind of I'm at is I'm playing it a little bit safer. I feel like with Devonta Smith and Jamar chase, but look at the, I mean, you have to also look at the draft capital that they put in the guy. I mean, the oh yeah. Fourth, fourth. Overall pick. tied for the highest ever. Right. So, I mean, they are going to use this guy. There's, there's all, you know, the never ending rumors, that um, they're going to try to trade Julio here. They're, sure. you know, they're looking, they're fielding offers basically. So, you know, there's a, in my eyes, there's a, you know, a path two years from now where he is the big play guy, you know, Calvin Ridley, you know, m- maybe takes that over for a year, but all of a sudden this, this Kyle, the Kyle Pitts, this six foot six guy that no one can cover is the guy that, that is the centerpiece and is the guy getting force fed the ball an awful lot. Um, so that's how I get them up there in my, sure. in, you know, that's my reasoning with that. Um, and I think yours is probably more common than mine. I think a lot of people have them in the top three or four for me to, I mean, I guess it's one spot. I have them at five. It's not like I'm super low, uh, but it, yeah. No, I, I mean, I get the trepidation and I, and yeah. I get, I get the fact that there aren't a lot of these high drafted, highly drafted tight ends that go on to have a bunch of fantasy success. But I also, I don't let my eyes get deceived, um, you know, by all the numbers, all the crap that's right. going on and all the, all the history and everything. Cause history can teach you stuff in certain instances, but you know, um, and it's probably wise to follow that for the most part, but, but there are in this, outliers in this instance. I feel like Kyle, Kyle Pitts is an outlier. I think he's going to do really good things at the NFL. He's, he is, he is a freak athlete. Like you said, a wide receiver, basically Yeah, in a tight ends body or not even, a, I mean, he's like a big wide receiver. I mean, he's yeah. not even, yeah, I'm not even well. sure he has a tight ends body yeah, to be honest, <laughs> but he's at the tight end position and that's yep. what we care about. We get eligibility team. for it. Exactly. All right. Travis Etienne at six. We've touched on him real quick. Do we've heard some things come out of Jags camp. We've heard some things from urban Meyer. Should fantasy managers be worried or is this just a lot of coach speak or is it somewhere in between? What, what are your feelings on it so far, Matt? So uh, to sum it up, right. What, what's been said so far from what I've heard is, yep. is that there's going to be a three headed monster. Basically all these guys are going to have a role. Travis. Correct. Going to be like the pass catching back in, in this trio. Um, 
And then rookie, you know, the rookie camp or whatever, he's out there running routes as a wide receiver, right? Yep. I mean, that's yep. where we're at. Is that that's is that's it? the big that's Did the I Reader's miss, Digest version right, of it. Miss anything there? No, I don't think anything major. You know, there was um, Urban. Urban said something else about. Uh, I'm blanking on it now, but he okay. he made some other like small comment about Travis Etienne and whatnot. But basically, yeah, the big thing is he's going to be our third down back, and they played him almost. They basically played him exclusively at receiver during rookie minicamp. I mean, I think it's great that he's getting some exposure um, from the wide receiver position. He's not going to play a wide receiver. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's gonna, they'll, they'll flex him out occasionally if, if he shows sure. he can do it because Urban Meyer is a creative offensive play caller. And I think he likes to use guys that can be in multiple spots. I mean, we've seen it at the college ranks with, you know, Curtis Samuel, Paris Campbell, some of these other guys that were in uh, going back Percy to Harvin. Percy Harvin. Yep. Yeah. So I, I don't think he's a Percy Harvin esque type of player. He doesn't have those kind of movement skills in my opinion in the open field. Right. Um, but I think they're looking for ways to get him the ball um, and let him go. Cause I think that's what he does really well. So that's encouraging in, in, from my perspective and why I, I kept him in the top six. Um, and it, with that and the fact that he is a talented player, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. He, he is the third running back in, in my opinion. And some of these other guys are, are just, I think a little bit more special in, in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. But, and, and I think a little more well-rounded. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice way to put it as well. Um, but I, but I love, I, I, I love the fit there. I think it, they're going to use him, you know, eventually as the, the guy, uh, I think this is a very short, short window for these other two to be kind of splitting carries and it's eventually going to be his job. You don't, you don't use a first round draft pick on a running back. Maybe, maybe, you know, herbs, new to the game and maybe he's picturing that, something <laughs> that is a little bit of my worry, Matt, that this is his first go round in the NFL. Yeah. He's used to just college and, you know, at Florida and Ohio state, if he wants a guy, he just goes and gets him. Right. Like, you know what? And he kind of did that same thing here where he wanted Travis Etienne and just went and got him, but it's not that easy in the NFL. You, you know, you have to use draft picks and things to Salary build the team and all sorts of stuff that you have to use to collaborate and, and get together and build a team. with. Yep. Right. So to say I, he fell in love with a running back, which, Oh, here was the third comment. This was the third comment. I knew there was a third one that he said that Kadarius Tony was their guy at that pick. And then when he was gone, he took Travis Etienne. That was the third quote. Did you hear that one? I forgot about it, but I did hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so first of um, all, like coaching one-on-one <laughs> talk about your players, not the other players. So to like downgrade your guy and say like, ah, he was our plan B there. Isn't the best. The other thing that that does kind of tell me is you'd mentioned Curtis Samuel, you mentioned uh, Percy Harvin and you know, all of these guys, Kadarius Tony would have been the type of guy right. that would have fit into that mold. He would have. Um, it, and I could see why Herb would want him because right. he does fit in that mold really well. So um, are they going to try to push a square peg into a round hole? And yes, maybe he still gets eight, 10, maybe even 12 rushes a game. But the rest of the time they're trying to use him on this unique stuff that maybe would be better suited for Visca. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and maybe, and maybe, I mean, maybe they try to do that, but what does this say about LaBisca Chenault is what I'm kind of curious. Cause I would think he would fit into that mold. He would fit into that role a little bit better. I would think than a little bit better than than, than ETN. Travis ETN. Yeah, for sure. So, so that that's my, my difficulty with all of this is 
rational thought would be you draft a running back in the first round, you're giving him 20 touches a game between the, the ground and the air. Right. That's rational thought. Mm-hmm. But we've learned over the years that coaches aren't always rational and they don't always line up with fantasy football. They have other plans. They have other things in mind than how many touches I get this guy. They they're trying to game plan and use these guys as chess pieces in order to win the game. They don't care about that. They don't care about our starting lineups. They don't, they couldn't care less stinks, but they don't. Yeah. So with a guy that fancies himself as a creative offensive mind, I am a little bit worried that this whole situation could be messier than I would want it to be. I I mean, I totally agree. Um, Which is why I think he dropped behind guys like Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts in my eyes. But if you have a need at the position, he's still the third best guy. For sure. Which is why, which is why if at number three, you need a running back and these other two go, that's why I'm okay with you taking. Yeah, I'm with so you. So it, it is. It's a it's a tricky, I guess, coach speak world that we're living in. With, it is with Travis Etienne, but the bottom line is they used a first round draft pick on him, and you would think they would have some sort of plan to get him the ball and get him involved in the offense. So, yes. With that said. We've got some breaking news. Oh, here. breaking news. This is an important PSA. It's brought to you by manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the United States and Canada. This new trimmer was just released only moments ago, and we are one of the first to get our hands on it and share the news. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code NERDS at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the the new 4.0, and I'm blown away by its performance. The craftsmanship and the details on the 4.0 are next level. Their advanced ceramic blade and skin-safe technology is so good that it almost seems as if Manscaped worked with Elon Musk's engineers to ensure that your testes are as safe as, as possible. What makes this trimmer different from all the other trimmers? The new multi-function on-off switch, which can engage a travel lock for created for travelers who don't like their bags buzzing through the TSA. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for more precise shaves. And the new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim um, to different lengths with guard sizes one through four. And look-wise, it's very sleek. It's got a two-toned matte and glossy finish, and it has a nice stamped black chrome Manscaped logo. Show it off to all your friends. The optimized Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof, so you can groom, groom in the shower so you don't have to get it all over your bathroom floor. And did I mention the wireless charging, which is a nice new feature? Um, it has the electromagnetic uh, induction, which can help the battery life lengthen as well. If you're still trimming your face with your ball trimmer, it's time to make some changes. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code NERDS at manscaped.com. No person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth 
and your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code NERDS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code NERDS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Pubes in your mouth. You don't want that, man. Don't use the beard trimmer. That is uh, that is rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, our second, uh, or I guess this would be our third mm-hmm. sponsor of the show today. Our friends, we've been talking about them for a while now. Our friends over at PredictionStrike.com. Matt, I was doing a little bit of homework. And right now, currently, our boy, the top running back in the class, in our opinion, Javante Williams, current stock price, $4.44. You want to venture to guess what Najee Harris is this? I bet you it's like six bucks or something crazy like that. Seven dollars. Oh, you can get two Javantes for the price of one (laughs) Najee. Two for the price of one. Oh, my gosh. Go get your Javante now. Oh, go load up, guys. You are welcome. Andy's cheaper than Travis Etienne, only by about 50 cents. Melvin Ingram's knee is going to go out this year. He's gone. Javante Williams is going up the stock. So if you want to invest in a guy like Javante Williams, which I would highly recommend, you can do just that over at predictionstrike.com. It is the only performance-based stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes just like they were stocks. Best part, they have an app. That is always my favorite part. And, uh, and you can be a part of this. You can be part of the Javante Williams hype train and sign up with the promo code Dynasty to receive ten free dollars with your first deposit of twenty dollars or more. That's promo code Dynasty to receive ten free dollars with your first deposit of twenty dollars or more over at PredictionStrike.com. Two for the price of one, people. Woo! Go get your Javante Williams. All right. So let's jump back in here. At number seven overall, we have the second wide receiver drafted, Jalen Waddell. Uh, Similar to what I talked about a little bit ago with three through six being very close, seven through ten are very close for me as well. Uh, What Do you have Jalen Waddell at seven as well, or do you have somebody else there? I actually have Trevor Lawrence there. Ooh, um, even in a okay. I, I have him up that high. I, I do think he's another another reason he's up there is one of, he's one of these generational guys. I know the quarterbacks are easy to come by in one QB leagues, um, but I, I think Trevor Lawrence has shown through his college ranks and, and his, his college you know years that he's one of these guys that is going to be a long term option and a high end producer um, for fantasy purposes as well not only just through the air, you know, he has a sneaky uh, amount of running th- that he does, he does. As well. He's a very good athlete. Uh, yeah. He does not get the credit for that, you know, obviously because he he's a such a good passer of the football, but I think from a fantasy perspective, he's landed in a really nice spot there in this, you know, not to beat the dead horse and keep talking about urban Meyer's <laughs> offense, but I think they're going to use some RPO stuff and, and get him on the move a little bit to kind of get his feet wet, especially in the NFL. Um, you know, I think that's the path for, for these guys to learn um, the NFL. It used to be a running game. You know, you'd lean on the running game heavily in order to get the guys kind of acclimated and kind of limit their passing attempts. But in, in the world that we're in now, I think it's the use of the RPO stuff, give them quick, easy stuff, or give them an option to run um, on any given play if needed. So uh, uh, that's why I have Trevor Lawrence there. Uh, but 
but Jalen Waddle is the very next guy. So if you want to get okay. into Waddle here a bit, he, he's just one spot lower for me at eight. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to stay on Trevor Lawrence for a second because I do have him lower. I have him at 11. Um, and so he's kind of out of this tier that I would kind of mix up because there's this group of receivers that I really, really like that I have seven through 10. Uh, I, I understand the safety of it. You know, I was talking about that earlier with Pitts. That's one of the things that, it just worries me a tiny bit. Uh, the safety of getting Trevor Lawrence there, you really do know what you're getting. We've seen this, this movie play out before with guys like Peyton Manning, with Andrew Luck. We kind of know what type of talent uh, he is. The hard part for me is partly partly the position. You know, right. the, the quarterbacks just aren't nearly as valuable. And it's partly that there's a lot of other good fantasy quarterbacks. I, I definitely think he's clearing away the best actual quarterback. But for fantasy, I don't think the gap is quite as big. So guys like Fields, guys like Lance, you know, some of these players, I think aren't that far away from him. I mean, I, I guess I have Justin Fields down at 19. So there, there is a, you know, seven spot, eight spot gap there. But I, I just don't, you know, if I miss out on Lance at seven, eight, nine, I feel I feel really comfortable coming back and getting Lance, getting Wilson, getting Fields. That that doesn't really bother me too much. I don't want to miss out on this tier of wide receivers. So I do have Jalen Waddle as the next guy. I love him reuniting with Tua Tonga Vailoa. I really like him in this offense. I do think that he's going to probably run primarily out of the slot to begin with. Could they move him to the outside? They could, but I do think that's probably where he's going to live for the most part. Will Fuller is on a one-year deal, so if if things don't work out, he could move on. But I think he's going to operate closer to the line of scrimmage. Not that he can't be a field stretcher. Obviously, with his speed, he can. But I do think he's going to operate a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage and, and make plays with yards after the catch ability, which he has a lot of. We saw that that dynamic uh, open field stuff with the punt returns and all of that with Jalen Waddell. He has very good vision in the open field too. Uh, not the most elusive player, but definitely more elusive than these other crazy speed guys that we saw like Henry Ruggs last year. Definitely has more wiggle than guys like that. So I am a fan of Jalen Waddell. I think he's going to do great in this offense. And right after him, I have Rashad Bateman, Rondale Moore, and Elijah Moore. And I'm really close to flip-flopping a lot. Actually, you know what? I, I've, I've been taking Elijah over Rondale. So it really should be Elijah, then Rondale Moore. I just switched it in my rankings. I don't know why it was the other way. Um, but Jalen Waddle, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, Rondale Moore for those next four. Uh, what I'm assuming those four are your next four receivers or no? No. Oh, wait, there's one guy you really like. I forgot about it. All right. So who? Yeah. And and we'll talk about him because I have him still a couple spots down even after this. Uh, Uh, Who's your next group to get back on the Jalen Wild stuff? uh, I I do. I love I love him. Obviously, his fit with with Tua. But I also I love this pick for Tua. You know what I mean? Because I I think, oh, I love Tua this year. I think he's going to be able to get the ball into into uh, Jalen Waddle's hands close to the line of scrimmage, like you were saying, which I think is a strength of Tua's and, and get it to him quickly and make a, you know, a nice accurate throw and then let Jalen Waddle go. And I think it's going to be a nice, uh, a nice boost for Tua's production um, mm-hmm. from a fan fantasy perspective. So I like it. I like it both ways there for Jalen Waddle and also for Tua. 
Um, nice. So All right. So who are the guys you have after Waddle? So my, so my next after Waddle, I've got Elijah Moore after Elijah Moore. I've got Terrace Marshall jr. Oh, I, I knew you were going to do it. I knew it. <laughs> and then I actually, I actually break it up a little bit here. I, I, got, I have Michael Carter sneaking in to the back end of the first round and then Kadarius Tony and then Rondell Moore and Rashad Bateman are kind of right there at the, the beginning of the, the top of the second round for me. All right, well, we'll see how much time we have if we can get to them. If not, we'll start off with those guys at 13 and 14 next show. Uh, but talk real quick for me about, uh, let's see, you had, did you have it more than than Marshall or was it Marshall than more? Uh, yeah, Elijah Moore and then Marshall. So I have those guys, uh, you know, back to back. Um, but there is a gap in, you know, Jalen Waddell and Elijah Moore are much closer. So they're their own little tier for you kind of? Yeah, in my overall rank. And then there's a, a bit of a break. And then it's Darius Marshall uh, and some of these other guys. So Elijah Moore, yeah, I mean, obviously we went from, you know, the Jets, everyone kind of avoiding them like the plague to, you know, they get, they bring in a new quarterback, um, you know, with uh, what, what pick was it that? second pick second was the second overall i couldn't remember for yep. a second with the second overall pick then they get another offensive lineman so that's that's two yeah 14 that, that they've gotten um an offensive lineman in the first row around so they're starting to really secure that kind of uh, uh situation and and now i mean they have kind of have a lot of weapons there but um they do not nobody like elijah moore in my opinion so that's that's where i think why he's up here where he is you know obviously they have jameson crowder running out of the slot right now um but Elijah Moore does everything that Jamison Crowder does. And then way more after the catch, you know what I mean? Um, he offers, right. offers so much more uh, than a Jamison Crowder. So it's not going to be long until I think he is, in my opinion, the most talented wide receiver they have. Um, so it's, it's not going to take him very long to, to really get up there and become um, Zach Wilson's number one option. I, I, I totally hear you. Uh, I do. I do still like Denzel Mims a lot. Obviously, Corey Davis uh, became part of the mix this past year. The interesting thing, though, there is an out in Jamison Crowder's contract this year would right. only be a one million dollar dead cap hit. Now, I don't know what their overall uh, cap situations like. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll look that up in just a second. But I'll take a look while you're while you're talking. Go ahead. OK, but it wouldn't be inconceivable for the jets to just outright cut Jamison Crowder. If they're wanting to make sure that they get Elijah meal, uh, Elijah Moore on the field sooner. So that wouldn't be the most, it is a, a new team, not the team that, or a new regime, I should say um, not the coaching staff that brought him in before uh, we do still have the same general manager, but not the same coaching staff that had him before. So right. uh, there, there's definitely a chance that he could be gone with only a $1 million cap hit. So yeah, right now they're they're good to go. They are they have the are they? most cap space at twenty seven million. Okay. So I mean, if if but there were there were you know rumors swirling that they were trying to get you know either trade them or, or cut them earlier in the offseason. So it wouldn't be like a big shock. I, I think yeah, it's definitely a possibility on this team. Um, even you know come summertime. So who who knows? They, maybe they find a trade partner, um, or maybe they just cut them loose. You know, even though they've got money maybe they cut him loose uh, regardless because maybe he sees a situation where he's not going to be getting the ball as much. And you don't want a guy like Jamison Crowder, who's used to get right. 100 180 million, 190 uh, targets a year. Only sure getting, feels that way. Only getting 80. Cause then he'll, you know, he's only going to get 400 yards. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not going to get too far. Um, all right. So let's, let's address the elephant in the room. Now you have Terrace Marshall, 
all the way, all the way up here at nine. I don't have him in my first round. Why? Tell me why you love him. Tell me why I mean, you love Terrace Marshall. I mean, obviously, uh, Rich and I, I think, uh, we're both kind of on the Terrace Marshall stuff. You, you, you really weren't. Um, right. But you know, there's very few guys in this draft class that have are like the size speed freaks that this sure. guy is. Um, and, and you know, six three two oh five. He's very. He's got you know very prototypical you know X wide receiver type of size. And to run a four, four, he's got 39 inch vertical. He, he's, he is a, a freak type of guy. And, you know, for the Panthers to get him this late in the second round, I think it speaks to the fact that there, there was that little bit of a foot issue that popped up um, with the medical recheck. Otherwise, I think he may have gone a little bit earlier. Obviously this past season, you can almost throw it out um, just because of the COVID and the fact that the quarterback situation took such a down, down, sure. uh, downturn. Uh, when Joe Burrow left, uh, and, and if you go back to 2019, was he, he's not as good as Jefferson and, and of, as Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase. it doesn't mean he's not good. And, and sure. I liked a lot of the things that he did on tape. I, I did have him in the first round to begin with and, and going to the Panthers, uh, isn't going to, in my eyes, knock him down below some of these guys who are, you know, obviously Bateman, I, I didn't love that landing spot. I didn't love him to begin with and kind of, uh, I moved him up, you know, based off of some stuff that you, you guys had found out about him getting COVID, COVID and all before the season. But then when he went back to the Ravens, he, he bumped back down the list for me, just a couple spots. He wasn't back to where he was prior to that because sure. I still do like the 2019 tape, but I just don't love the situation there. And I know situations can change. And I talked about that, you know, with Devonte Smith. Um, but you know, th I think the, the, the situation there with Jalen hurts is he hasn't established himself. Um, so he could be replaced much easier than, than, um, than Lamar, than Lamar there in Baltimore. So, all right. So I understand, I understand why people are drawn to Marshall. I, I get the allure. You, you mentioned the size and the speed. That's always an attractive thing that those are things that you just can't teach. You can't teach them to be six, three. And I do like that. He reunited with Joe Brady. The fact that his former offensive coordinator got him uh, is definitely something that would speak to, you know, that he must've, he must've had some influence on that pick. I would assume. Well, I mean, at the very least they were like, Hey, Joe, tell me what yeah. this guy does good is this guy worth taking yeah he's not you know if you would have off our board you know what right I mean? like, yeah exactly if he would have said like a likely conversation that's happened between joe brady and the personnel people for sure he could have been like no screw that guy he sucks uh don't draft him so he, he has to like him at least a little bit to, in order for that pick to happen so all of those things i do think make sense um it, it is it i haven't heard officially if it was the injury stuff or if that was just where Marshall ended up being taken. Um, so the slide is, is definitely interesting and something to monitor. Um, either way, it is a little bit concerning either, you know, the, the, the evaluations were a little lower than we, we assumed, or there is some, some lingering, you know, injury stuff that we're going to have to keep an eye out over the course of his career. I just wasn't as blown away on tape. And that's really what it comes down to for me more than anything else. I thought he was a good player with good speed that could get vertical. Okay. At contested catch situations, 
but just a guy that was really pretty stiff. Um, there's not a ton after the catch with him. I, I thought he was a good player. And if I got him in the early second to mid second in a one QB league, I'm happy. He's always going to go before that though. So I probably won't have him anywhere. I don't think he's a bad player, but there's just other players that I think I like a lot more like, you know, the, both the Moors, um, you know, Rashad Bateman, uh, even, even, um, you know, Kadarius Tony, like that range of players. I just like a little bit more than I like, like him. So, and, and, and I get it. And I feel very similar. Like you could change the name and put Rashad Bateman in the head. Uh, and that's kind of how you about, feel about that's him. That's how I feel about him. So it's, I, this is, these are the conversations and these are the things that make, you know, dynasty, the dynasty world go around. You know what I mean? The, For sure. The trades happen. This is all, it's, it's just a difference of opinion. You, you see one thing, I see another it's, it's subjective. So, you know, it's, it's great to debate it and, and talk about it. And, and sometimes, you know, I can, I can say something and maybe it'll change your mind. Sometimes you could say something, maybe it'll change my mind, but for the most part, you know, I know how I evaluate and I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah. you evaluate the same way. You use your eyes. You know, I, I try to knock out the noise as much right. as possible and just, and just stick with that. Um, so it's, it's, it's great. It, it, these, these are the things that I, I, I like these kind of little differences. Well, the only, only time will tell, we can argue this till we're both blue sure. in the face. Um, uh, but you know, two or three years down the line, we'll see which one of these guys actually pans out and, and which one, and which one, or maybe they both do. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm wrong on Bateman. You're wrong on Marshall. Yeah, and they both suck. I mean? <laughs> or, 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 right. Or, or they're the both office. great. Who knows? Exactly. Or, or they're yeah. both great. So who knows? Um, uh, you know, these NFL evaluators get paid millions of dollars and they can't get it right all the time. So it's true. So overall I had, I mentioned it earlier. I'm going to recap real quick. Rashad Bateman at eight, Elijah Moore at nine, Rondell Moore at 10, Trevor Lawrence at 11, and then Kadarius Tony at 12. So really the only two guys that are in my top 12 that we have not discussed at all yet are Rondell Moore and Kadarius Tony. Let's start with Rondell Moore. I have him at 10. I know that you and, and Rich, you guys were both a little bit lower on him uh, than I was. Part of that was, was the size. We, we just had never seen anybody at that height before really be, be successful. Um, sure. And there were a couple of things on tape that you guys didn't overly love. How do you feel about him now on the Cardinals? Do you interested, not interested? How close is he to your top 12? Um, so he's just one spot out of my top 12. He's, he's at the okay. for me. Um, so it's not like I'm disinterested in Rondell Moore. I'm just, um, hair lower, a hair, a hair lower. You know what I mean? And it, and it is, it's the five foot seven. It's a hundred, I mean, 180 pounds. I know he plays bigger than that. Right. It's, it's the injuries on top of that. I, sure. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think it was, it was four games and four games the past two seasons. And it was his freshman freshman year where he played like a full season. Yep. Um, yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. His freshman year was the, was the, the year. Right. Right. And, and from what I saw on tape, I saw a guy that, you know, he, he has got a lot of nice workout videos. Um, but I didn't see a guy that played as strong as he is in his video <laughs> or his bench or not or squat would indicate. Uh, I saw a guy that, that was trying to win with speed, trying to get to the outside. That was kind of his one Avenue. And he's fast four two nine in in the forty. He's fast in a straight line. I I just I don't know. I 
I don't love the guy. I know I'm sound, I'm sounding like really negative now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate him either. You know, there's a spot, obviously, you know, no one there is established beyond um, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. You know, it's Kirk. Um, Christian uh, Kirk. Larry Fitzgerald, we believe, is retiring. He's, but he's retired, But Christian Kirk is in his last, last year. Andy Isabella hasn't done anything. And then A.J. And, Green's there. Just got signed in the offseason. But A.J. Green's going to be there for one year. You know, exactly. And they play very game. different games. They do. So I think this is like the year where they try to figure out it, how to use Rondell Moore kind of as this satellite player, as this kind of gadgety type of really fast guy out of the slot. Why didn't the Jaguars you know, take him? Well, because I, I <laughs> good, good. I mean, point. If, they, if they want Curtis Samuel and they want Percy Harvin back, Take but Rondell maybe, Moore. But maybe they saw the same thing I saw, and they were like, man, this guy just <laughs> tries to win with speed. He's not all that great. Like, oh. Don't miss anything like that. So, <laughs> so maybe they didn't really see that in his future. Uh, um, so for, for me, I, I did really like Rondell Moore. It was funny because for as much as you guys hated him and as much as I really liked him, there, there wasn't a huge difference, even pre-draft in the rankings, just because of kind of how the tiers worked out. Um, so there ended up not being much of a difference in, in the overall rankings. I think it says a lot about the rest of the draft, to be honest. That it's yeah, there's a, I don't there's a big tier break. You, you I have got a, I got him at 13. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have met I have met 10 overall. Uh so you know, there's not not a huge difference uh overall, but I I do really like Rondell Moore. Anytime you can dominate as a true freshman, I mean you are an 18-year-old kid. I I was a little bit older for my class in high school. I, I played high school football. I was 18 when I played because I had the awkward summer birthday. So you're either like the oldest or the youngest in your class. I'm the, I'm the youngest. I'm the opposite. Okay. Summer. See, I was the oldest in my class. So I was still playing high school football at age 18. I almost he was in college at, at 17. That's yeah. Right. You were like Rondell Moore. Yeah. He was dominating Ohio state at age 18. I couldn't even dominate Smithville. Like, you know, like it's just, it's, it's wild to be able to do what he was able to do at such a young age. Um, obviously we've, we've seen all of the physical attributes, the, the vertical, the, the speed, the, the strength for his size. I mean, there's just, there's a lot going on there. And I think when you pair that up with what is going on in Arizona, all of the passing they have going on. I love that they decided to take like the two smallest guys at, at like each position with Kyler Murray. You know, they're just going to have the shortest team possible. Everyone's um, going to think it's the punt pass and kick competition <laughs> coming out for halftime when those guys show up. I thought for sure. I thought for sure they were going to draft Jarrett Patterson just to kind of round out the group. Uh, but apparently they decided to, to let Washington nab him instead. But uh, I do, I really like, I, I really do like, Rondell Moore and and I, I it really the biggest thing comes down to me is if you can dominate if I love your tape as a true freshman it's gonna be hard for me to come off of that and I think that's really why he has stuck so hard for me last but not least Hold rounding on. out the group I had I had Trevor Lawrence at, at 11 you mentioned you had him higher at I believe seven you said Kadarius Tony's the last one in this group then for me. Oh, go ahead. Before we move on real quick from, from, um, from Rondell Moore, do you have any worries um, about the, the, the past history of, of them drafting wide receivers and it's just not really working out? 
I mean, it was the first year Cliff Clingsbury was there is when they drafted three Isabella. wide receivers, Isabella, Hakeem Butler, and uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. And now it's Rondell Moore. Keyshawn Vaughn. The other, or Keyshawn uh, Johnson. Sorry. Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah. Um, yeah, none really, of those none guys of, worked out. None of those guys worked out. I mean, it, I know that's one year and they took three shots at it and it didn't work. And and maybe this is the one that does work. But is there any of that in the back of your mind? Because it did pop up in the back of my mind. I'm like, ah, these guys, just one of these, another, another team, a la a Baltimore, a la a new England who just have a hard time drafting that position. I think it's a little bit different with Baltimore and new England, because those are staffs and, and front offices that are established that have been there for years doing this. This is a really new franchise overall, as far as who all's in place, making the decisions. So that doesn't worry me too much. And I really try hard, even though it is part of the equation, I really try hard to take each player on a case-by-case basis because we see, you know, we see outliers on all of this all the time. I mean, the, a great example, the narrative for a while was that the Big 12 couldn't produce a quarterback. Literally, the Big 12 had never had a playoff, a, a quarterback win a playoff game until 2019. That was the first time a Big 12 quarterback had ever won a playoff game in the NFL, ever. Wow. Which is wild. That is. And now, and now Kyler Murray's from there. Patrick Mahomes is from there. Baker, Baker Mayfield's from there. From there. <laughs> you know, sorry, if it was Rich, I would have said, you know, Baker first. But How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> He's going to come on this show and be so mad. Uh, <laughs> Baker Mayfield's from the Big 12. Jalen Hurts. Like, we have a lot of really good quarterbacks that have now come from the Big 12 and had success. Uh, in the NFL. So, you know, there are all of these narratives, the same thing with Ohio state, Ohio state can't produce a quarterback. Does that mean Justin Fields is going to be bad? You know, like there's a lot of sure. those like types of narratives. I try really hard to make it a case by case basis. So does it sneak in the back of your mind at times? Sure. But overall, no, I'm, I'm really not concerned. I'm not going to, I'm not going to let it bother me this time, but if Rondell Moore stinks, I'm never drafting one of the wide receivers again. <laughs> uh, you're dead to me. You're, you're dead, dead to me, me Kingsbury. <laughs> All right. Uh, last but not least, Kadarius Tony, first round pick 20th overall by the New York football giants. How are you feeling about Kadarius Tony? Um, I was actually, um, I think, the highest out of the three of us pre-draft. So I actually, I expected him to go in the first round. I think there was yeah. a lot of chatter about him going in the first round. Uh, um, you know, he's he's going to a team that does not have a player like him, which I think is good. Uh, but he's he's got some learning to do, you know. And, yeah. and I saw that, you know, in, in the, the tape evaluation, he can separate. He's not a great route runner, but he can still separate because he's that explosive athletically. What he needs to do now is learn how to run a route. Um, so we'll see if he actually does I, or not. I think, and I did. think that the tools are there for him to be a good route runner. The problem was he was just often doing too much yeah. with it. Like he was he, all the stop and go and blah, 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 like. And just like, you only need one move to break a guy off. You don't need to be doing a hundred different things. He, yeah. But, but he does have nice open field moves. He's got, he's got the ability to break big plays off of just kind of dump offs, which I think is going to be nice. Um, you know, obviously for Daniel Jones, who's, who's, I think struggled a little bit downfield to get a, to get a weapon that's going to be operating a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. I think is going to be nice for his value. Maybe get up the, uh, the completion percentage a bit. Um, and Kadarius Tony, you know, obviously he had the the well documented drops at the Senior Bowl, but it wasn't really an issue 
in any games that I watched him. So I saw I some, there wasn't as many drops. You're right. But I did see some double catching that I didn't like seeing. Yeah. I, and, and he letting some stuff into his body, but, but I, as long as it's a catch, it's a catch. You know what I mean? Like, for sure. For know, sure. If it, if, if it works that way in the NFL, you don't have to be making an Odell one hand, one handed catch behind your back in order right. to get one point for me in my PPR league. So as long as yeah. he's doing that and getting some nice run after the catch stuff, which I, I obviously that's how they see him. Um, Cause that's what he, that's who he is. You know what I mean? If they try to use him as a downfield guy, they're, they're just misusing him. So uh, Kadarius Tony, I, I like him. Obviously I, I believe they, they traded up, right? They traded down. No, and back. no, or, they, oh, they, they traded down they, to 20. They traded down took twice or something like that. Uh, whatever. A lot of trades. This is, you know, I feel like we're a little bit too far removed. Um, for, yeah. It was about three to, weeks ago now for, for me to remember all the, all the moves and all that kind of stuff, but they really liked him. So, so they, they snagged him there in the first round and, and Dave Gettleman was talking up with his thick accent about how much he liked him. So uh, <laughs> I'll never try an accent again. That was, that wasn't actually too bad. That wasn't terrible, <laughs> but, but I like the fit there uh, in, in New York. Kadarius Tony was a player that when I put on the tape, I was pleasantly surprised with what I saw. I do think he's a very good athlete. He was able to do some things in the open field that I don't think your average slot receiver is able to do. But I, I do always worry about gadget type players. That does always concern me a little bit. They're not my favorite overall. Right. Does he fall into a Tavon Austin role somewhere right. on the line? Or does he actually establish himself, become a good route runner? and live up to the hype and, and all of a sudden this is the guy that everyone's fading a little bit in the first round and he produces like a brandon Ayuk, uh, right right you know what i mean like this 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 back end of the first round type of a wide receiver who slid into the second round in, in a lot of fantasy drafts but actually ended up producing pretty well yeah and and quietly the giants have actually built themselves a nice nice little offense saquon barkley will be back in the backfield they have kenny galladay now to play the x uh darius slayton will likely play the z and then we have Kadarius tony running out of the slot and then sterling shepherd i don't know like honestly i'm not sure where he fits maybe maybe he doesn't play the slot anymore and he plays the z or, you know, may, I don't, I don't know how this is all going to work out, but there's a lot of good pass catchers on this team now. Don't, don't forget Evan Ingram as well. He didn't even. Yeah. It's tight end. Well, I, you know, I was, I was going to think about him and then, you know, I, he dropped it and <laughs> yeah. He's soccer he, talking he, about some hand issues. Yeah. He, he drops a lot. He drops yeah. a lot of passes. Uh, but uh, so I, I do, I do like him. I do worry about, can he be, you know, we're, we're looking at Elijah Moore. We're looking at Rondale Moore. We're looking at, you know, there's a clear path for some of these guys to be the clear one at some point, or, or at least a very strong two yeah. in a high passing offense. I don't know that this is going to be a, a super high passing offense. And Kenny Galladay's clearly got the one short up. So best case scenario, we're looking at a two and it's in an offense that's still going to throw to the running back a lot and Saquon Barkley. So just will there be enough touches? I think best case your look scenario, you're looking at him being like the third option on this offense and that's best case scenario. So we're going to have to see how all of that plays out. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, there is a lot to come there, but high risk, upside, high reward, ton of upside. I, I think if, if he does, if he does learn to run a route, and he, you know, obviously has the explosiveness to separate. I think he could be a very dangerous weapon for them. So that's why, 
you know, I, I had Kadarius Tony right above Rondell Moore. So, I mean, this is, you know, you had him flip flopped in your, in your order. I kind of, I had Kadarius just a little bit above. Cool. All right. Well, that wraps up the show for today. Uh, We appreciate you guys listening. Come back to our next episode where Matt and I will break down the next 12 guys, Matt. Absolutely. On the Nerd Herd Show. Definitely. Uh, Let's do it. All right. right. We'll see you guys later. Adios.